0: Welcome to the Future Ancients podcast. My name is Luca Lesson. This episode of the podcast is featuring none other than the one and only L Fresh, the lion, rapper, poet, artivist, activist, legend, compassionate human being from southwestern Sydney. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by my patrons, those legendary human beings who have joined me on my Patreon page in order to create a direct connection between the people that support my work and the work that I am producing. If you would like to join them, please go to patreon.com forward slash Luca and we will keep this podcast independent. I would also like to acknowledge that I am recording this podcast while living on Bunjalung land. And I would like to acknowledge their elders, past, present and emerging. And I would also like to acknowledge all of the First Nations peoples whose land you are listening in from. After the conversation that I have with the great Elfresh the Lion, there is a new rap verse creation that I have made in response to my conversation with the brother Elfresh, which is called Mother Tongue. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Future Ancients podcast. What is up, Mister L Fresh the Lion? Welcome to the Future Ancients podcast, my friend. How are you?
1: Peace, peace, my bro. It's good to be with you again. It's been a minute. You've been traveling the globe, and I've been doing my thing. And man, it's beautiful to see your face again. You Thanks too. Mate. Having-
0: you look exactly the same as the last time I saw you.
1: Hey, a few more, a few more. You know, gray hairs in the beard, mm. but uh, otherwise. Ain't nothing changed. Same,
0: same deal. <laughs> same with <laughs> me, bro. Oof, the gray hairs making us feel either not wise enough or too old. That's my awkward
1: silence. You got stuck for me, stuck <laughs> stuck weird. I missed the second half of whatever you said. It was,
0: it was very deep. Trust me.
1: Damn, I missed out on some wisdom.
0: <laughs> How was your trip to India, man? Tell me about it. How does it feel to return to the mother country and to not just return as a, as a tourist or as, a, as somebody that's got family there, but to return as an artist? How did that feel?
1: Man, that was pretty surreal, you know, especially because things happen so quickly. We... And my team, when I say we, I mean my team and I, we've been working on trying to find the right opportunity to get me to perform music in India, you know? And we've been working for a number of years, and we had a couple of opportunities present themselves, but they just didn't seem the right fit. This time, we had the opportunity to go over there and firstly just scope out the landscape, introduce ourselves, and at the same time, create some music videos and while we did that we you know made some real heavy inroads into you know how we may be able to inject my music into the scene over there and off the back of that trip you know we just got as left right and center to, to do things and one of those was to perform for the tv show MTV Hustle which you know one way to explain that tv show is it's kind of like australian idol but for rappers in india so the whole premise of the show is they're trying to find the next big rap sensation from india and each week they had a different special guest either come as a judge or come as a guest performer and so they invited me to become uh, to come onto the show as a guest performer and Man, that was crazy. I'd never been a part of a TV production like that, let alone, you know, one in in India. And, you know, the show, each episode goes out to like 30-plus million people is their, their viewership. And, you know, we did that episode, got off stage. They're like, we want you back. Come back for the grand final episode. We want you to perform again. So ended up doing two, two performances over there. And it's just been a great experience since, you know, like we we've been trying to, and we were planning to get back there this year. And obviously, you know, with the coronavirus situation, all those plans have changed, but you know, to at least know that we've made a good first impression, you know, is a positive, positive outcome. And yeah, it still feels surreal when I think about it and look back at the footage, I'm just like, yeah, we did that. (laughs) That's crazy.
0: That's mad bro. And it's so good to hear how big is hip hop in, in India? Is hip hop a huge thing? Where does it sit in the level of music over there?
1: Yeah, man, hip hop has become a big thing. And, you know, it's been there for a long time, you know, it's been there for a minute and, you know, they have been rappers doing their thing, you know, especially within the Punjabi music scene, which, you know, is, is of my culture, you know, they've been rappers for, for a while. So, you know, it's been, it's been around, but hip hop, it's been in there at the grassroots level for a while. And i got to give a shout out to my boy, Mandeep Sethi and his wife, Nish, because like they had been doing grassroots hip hop workshops, community work for a long time before hip hop was even popular out there. And they kind of, you know, seeing their work online really put me on to, you know, hip hop culture over there from a grassroots level. And, you know, but now it's, it's really taken off. And that's been off the back of the discovery of, These hip hop artists from Mumbai. So, um, they're these dudes called, you know, they call themselves Gully Boys uh, from the slum, Mumbai, Divine and Nazi. A movie got made, a Bollywood movie got made about the life of these two guys. And after that movie came out, it was a big success. Like, every kid wants to be a rapper now, you know, like everyone wants to be a rapper. Um, both of their careers took off. Divines in particular took off. You know, he's now signed to Nas's record label because Nas has launched Mass appeal India um, and he's signing up artists out there. So, you know, it's, it's just skyrocketed off the back of that movie in particular. Like that was a watershed moment. I think hip hop has been bubbling, grassroots and in an independent sense for a long time, but that was a watershed moment. And after that, it's just become part of So much and everyone's fascinated by it.
0: Wow, man, that's amazing. And do you feel like there's a a restriction or a benefit in linguistically? Like the fact that you grew up in Australia and and that you're working over there now and you have uh plans to make more inroads, is there a a bit of a limitation linguistically for you? Or do you feel like it could be an incredible way to pop off to, to pop off in both languages in both countries?
1: Bro, that's a great question, man. And that's a key part of, you know, my plan for over there. I've got to make music and language. And so for me, that's in Punjabi, you know, um, that's my mother tongue. The challenge is definitely a challenge for me, bro, because like the, the version of Punjabi that I speak is very much just like conversational. I don't know, and this is of my own fault, I don't know the language enough to be able to be as fluent in it as a songwriter as i am in english you know and so you know it's like one thing to be like oh you know, i'm gonna just start writing songs in punjabi it's like well stuff that you know technical things that differentiate you as a rapper as an MC, as an artist in terms of the quality of your music and a lot of that has to do with your linguistics and a lot of that has to do with how you use language i don't have the fluency the know how the pop culture references the the slang of what's popping over there right now because I'm not there you know and I I don't have that fluency so it's really hard to write songs in Punjabi at the moment you know I'm I'm trying to do that um you know firstly through enlisting my dad so I listed enlisted my dad I was like bro can we write this song together or not bro I was like dad can we write this <laughs> song together and um you know that's kind of cool like that that's been a great you know bonding exercise and a learning experience but that's not what I'm aiming for. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's, by that, I mean, he, he'll be speaking in a very formal, poetical sense, which is cool, but I don't know how that's going to translate. You know, like, if I isn't about being formal and and, and, you know, um, grammatically perfect, it's, it's, you know, messing with the language. So, you know, it's, that's, that's the big challenge at the moment. So I think, you know, part of my process is, you know, a a learning one, I have to learn, you know, I have to get better at my own mother tongue. Um, And I think the way to do that for me while I'm also songwriting is I'm just going to have to try to collaborate with some lyricists over there, you know, like just be like, let's, let's put our heads together. Like you have the nuances. This is what I'm trying to say. And this is how I want to say it. And this is how I feel like I can say it in Punjabi, but correct me, you know, like, I think that's probably the way I'm going to have to go about it. Yeah,
0: man, that sounds amazing. Sounds like a good plan. It really is. Whenever I go overseas or when I go to Greece, you know, I really notice how rap and poetry are really like the highest level of of engaging with language. Like you say, using the slang, cutting up words, playing with words, intentionally breaking rules, intentionally breaking Mm -hmm. grammatical rules or or intentionally making up new words, you know. This means that you're kind of a master of your language and you're pushing it into new territory. And I have the same kind of thing, you know, when I write stuff in Greek, I, I have to, yeah, get it checked over or think about it or listen to a lot of Greek hip hop for, for a week or two before I even attempt to sit down and write something. Because usually a language of the diaspora is a language that's kind of stuck in a time capsule of the year that that community migrated to Australia or to America or wherever it is. And so the culture becomes a bit, you know, trapped in a time capsule and the language as well. There's some words that we say in Greek at Australia that if I say them in Greece, people will will completely laugh at me. One of them is that in Australia, when I was growing up, people would refer to a car as a carro. And that is a Greek word, and it sounds very similar to car. So you think, ah, caro, bame will go with the car. But in Greece, that literally means horse and cart. So. If I say, let's go with the horse and cart <laughs> in Greece, they think that for some reason in Australia, we're still so backwards, we're still using horse and horses and carts.
1: <laughs> right.
0: So there's like tiny, like a hundred of those, you know? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, learning how Greek has evolved over the time since our families migrated to Australia and reconnecting with that on the highest level. It's a huge challenge, man. It's a huge challenge, but what- will, a-
1: See, I was chatting. I was chatting to a cousin of mine when I was over there, right? And um, he's, you know, younger than me and, you know, he's, he, he knows what's popping and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, he was like, he was, I was talking to him about this and I was talking to him about, you know, my uncomfortability with, um, you know, I feel uncomfortable to write music in Punjabi because I'm self-conscious of, of my language, you know? And he was like, but that'll be your point of difference though. He was like, because the way you will write songs in Punjabi for over here, people are gonna know you're from outside of Punjab and they're gonna be interested that you're rhyming in your mother tongue in your way. That's, and, and it will be a point of difference to indicate like where you're from and what your experience is. And even the way you say words, like all that sort of stuff is gonna be a point. Of, no one else will sound like that. I was like, bro, that's like so encouraging for me to hear you know for you to say that you know so that kind of was a you know that conversation was a you know like a real turning point for me in terms of just being like okay well it gave me the confidence to be like at least I can approach this with some level of okay well there's something about this is going to be different and that's exciting so let me just give it a crack you know and see what happens and be
0: who you are man that, That is who you are. You know what I mean? Like I found that too, going to Greece, trying to be as good as a fluent Greek rapper that's been rapping in Greek for 10 years is is kind of a you know it's a bit egotistical to be honest to try and attempt to do something as good as somebody that's been doing it for many 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 years to the same level that i do it in english straight away i do some stuff in greek and you know i can handle half a song in greek or half a verse in greek or a chorus in greek but to to think that i'm just going to you know go completely ham on it and and do it as good as everybody does it there would be a denial of who i really am and so i think naming the elephant in the room is probably the best thing you can do as a songwriter like your cousin said and just be like you know mm-hmm. maybe my um you know maybe your first songs are in a, a half half you know every second line is english every second line is punjabi or you know things like this that can really Kind of name it and and flow with it, and people can. I think people love to watch people struggle with something. You know, it's kind of like mm. they'll see you graduate, they'll see you grow, they'll see your language skills grow, and and they can come with you on that journey rather than try and avoid people seeing that at all. Um, speaking of which, how how's the new single gone, man? How's the new tune um, being uh, being received?
1: Yeah, the new song, Oh My, featuring Sergio. Man, it's going good, bro. Like, uh, I haven't put out a song like that before. I haven't put out a music video like that before. And I say that because, you know, the song sonically, you know, moves me into new territory. It's very much an upbeat um, influence, kind of like by those, um, you know, Afrobeat and, you know, pop kind of um sonics in terms of rhythm. Uh, but at the same time, it's got you know those those um, South Asian sounds underneath to, to to really ground it in in what I'm about. And you know lyrically, I'm just trying to be me. I'm trying to celebrate the feeling of inspiration I get when I learn something new about my culture. That's where the song comes from. And you know, like it's 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 gone down really well so far. It's reaching places that I've never reached before. Like it got added to a Spotify playlist by a beats one. DJ on Kiss FM in Portugal. You know, Mad. like I'd, I'd never, never had a song do that before, and that happened the day it came out. So, you know, like it's, it's definitely opening up into new territory. The music video, you know, we shot it vertical, and it was inspired by you know TikTok generation and the gaming world. So we wanted to kind of create a video that spoke to like these hashtag challenges. And um that spoke to like just the the graphic effects and encouragement that come from that stuff, as well as uh, make it a commentary about how we try to please social media and how sometimes that can um, outweigh us doing something for the love of it and so you know we wanted to to have a commentary on that with the video as well and it's gone down well man like it's 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 very dance heavy really dance heavy and um so you know we've got you know off the back of it created our own hashtag challenge you know hashtag on oh my dance challenge and so people are slowly starting to you know record themselves dancing to, to their favorite part of the song and put it up online and that's really cool to see man like I, again like i've never had that before with the songs so you know we're just trying to explore that territory at the moment and see where that kind of takes the music uh and at the same time you know prepare for next release and you know i've got a whole album i'm sitting on and that's coming out in the next couple of months. So you know, it's, it's just stepping stones towards that, that whole project. Mm,
0: that's amazing, bro. And it's so good to see that tune pop off and see people enjoying that tune. It's like a dance tune. Um, and, and you're one of those artists that can do both, that can do it all, you know, and you've got that conscious side of you, you've got that cultural, you know, element, you've got your own connection to, to hip hop itself and how it's, you know, become uh, a way of bringing your voice to the world from southwest sydney and growing your audience and growing your connection to people in so many different ways how do you measure success how do you measure mm. the success of a song like that against the success of you know you being invited to to connect and perform at the un in new york mm-hmm. what is success for Elfresh fresh at the moment
1: Man that's a really good question bro I, you know for me I've always thought of success as longevity you know so I feel like and when I say longevity I mean a sustainable career over a long period of time and sustainable for me is being able to live off this career comfortably um, and maintain my current lifestyle Um, you know and, and to to be able to live off what I'm doing you know as a career and you know at the moment I'm able to do that. So I'm living the dream, you know, to, to some respect. So that's, that's a positive on, on another level. It means that when I put out a song for me, it has to, you know, it has to kick off in certain ways to enable me to continue to be able to do what I do. So for example, you know, if a song, if I drop a song, it needs to grab the attention of, you know, whether it's, you know, the, the streaming platforms or radio or people generally speaking so that then I can tour off it. You know, once we get out of this COVID situation, you know, to be able to tour off it, um, it needs to resonate with people enough so that, you know, there's a sustained engagement, there's a, there's continual growth, you know, those are things that I'm kind of looking for. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's very measurable weight. I can measure some of those things, um. There's another level of success, which is less tangible, which is more of a feel thing, which is, you know, how you know your songs are being received and and whether that's having an impact and all of those things are feel good things, but they don't pay the bills at the same time, you know? So, (laughs) you know, as a combination of both, you want to make music that that definitely impacts people in a positive way, that definitely um, makes a statement and, and, and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, you want to make things that, you know, is going to enable me to have a long, sustainable career that's going to open pathways. It's going to open up opportunities for me. So, you know, the UN thing came off the back of, you know, being invited for you to be a part of a YouTube program, a global program called Creators for Change. And, you know, that opportunity only came after, you know, five, six, seven years of continual grind, hustle and putting out music that was authentic to me, and so YouTube recognized that, brought me on board as an artist who, whose music stands for something greater than just music. It stands for a purpose of wanting to, to help make the world a better place, you know, um, and, and to music that was socially, consciously, politically um, aware, um, and so they brought me on board for the program and, and enabled me to be myself and invested in me to be able to be myself give me a platform to be able to do things like go to the UN and perform. So, you know, that's definitely a level of success because, you know, that one stays on the resume, but at the same to- token, it's a testament to, you know, what you were speaking about before, you know, being your authentic self through your music and being as yourself as best as you can be, because like when you do that, you know, pathways open up, maybe not immediately, but you know, pathways open up for you to be able to continue to do you um, and to, to be able to have that impact. So, um, you know, going back to your question, what does success mean to me? Uh, yeah, it's, it's having a long, sustainable career in doing what I love to do. And, you know, that constantly means needing to level up. So, you know, finding ways to continue to level up my enjoyment with my craft and my music, trying to find ways that I can, you know, level up the sound, the sonic, the quality, Um, improve my skills as an artist as an MC, so that my music you know stays relevant and and stays important to people enough for me to be able to continue to 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 earn a living off this 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 art form
0: awesome man amazing and i guess because of i know you and i know your uh skill set and i know your intention that baseline of of sustainability then pushes into areas of how do I help build my community? How do I help build messages into society? How do I affect change within society through my music? How do I get people just to party and chill the fuck out instead of being angry at each other all the time, but also, you know, think deeply and connect and, and grow. And I think that that's something that comes through everything you do. And that this new tune is kind of like a nice, owed to also, you know, those old school party vibes that even though hip hop always started out as political, it also always started out as, as fun. You know, it also was always just chilling and having a, having a street party, you know, a block party. And that, that comes through with your work, especially with Mira on stage with you, with all that, you know, pocket rocker full of energy that she is and the whole band and crew um, and MK1 as well. I guess, what I wanted to know from there, though, is like, with COVID happening, how do you maintain that if you can't tour until 2021?
1: Yeah, bro, that's that's the biggest challenge, right? The other day, I did a live stream concert. So it was the first, you know, live stream and concert for set that I did. And it was for Isolade Festival. And it was like a 20 minute, half hour set just on Instagram live. And... Just doing that, as I was doing it, I was just, like, getting more and more passionate and more and more emotional, and I say emotional because, like, I'm just, like, after every song, I'm just, like, man, I miss this, you know, like, so even for my own emotional well-being, mental health, all that sort of stuff, it's, like, man, I miss doing what I love to, and not being able to do it is having a real impact on me. And so, you know, um, I'm trying to find ways to continue to do that. You know, I've got another live stream coming up soon. I might do some more. Just trying to find ways to continue to engage in that respect because obviously that gives me so much, you know, not just in terms of economic sustainability, but it feeds my soul, you know, so I've got to find ways to, to continue to do that so that when 2021 does come around and we can tour again, I think, you know, initially it's going to be locally, it's going to be nationally, interstate, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, once once we're able to do that, you know, so at least then I'm I'm ready for that. Um, because, yeah, you know, performing can be, if you haven't done it for a while, getting on a stage can be one, it can be like catch by surprise how fit you need to be for it. Like you need to be stage fit. Um... You know, and the second thing is then, you know, you're dealing with the excitement, the nerves and all that sort of stuff. And if you haven't done it for a while, you know, that stuff can not overwhelm you, but that stuff can take you by surprise as well. So, you know, just trying to, you know, prepare myself for, for that moment, knowing the day hopefully will come soon. Just um trying to stay ready as much as possible through doing live streams and stuff like that. It's been, yeah, it's been a challenge, man. Like, because, you know... Not being able to do what you love, take that out of you. And, you know, your days become quite up and down because you don't realize the toll that is taken on you until mm. you actually are able to do it. Like, so, yeah, when I was did that set, I was just like so emotional because I was like, man, whew, I, don't, I didn't realize how much this gives me.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. And that's, and that's I think that's the best way an artist can be you know that when you're really being true to yourself when you get up on stage it's it's tiring in maybe a physical sense but it's enriching and nourishing and 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 it lifts you up in in a kind of like a spiritual or a You know, a personal sense that you're just like, man, even though I'm tired after that gig, I'm also super fulfilled after that gig. Yeah. I think that's when you know you're being an artist that's true to yourself because it can get tiring if you're doing. Sometimes, if I get asked to do a set of poems that are like really old and I'm not really feeling super connected to them, and I do this whole set of stuff because it's for, um, I don't know, an education purpose because students are, uh, you know, studying these poems or something. I can leave the stage feeling kind of drained. And usually that's because I haven't connected with those poems in a new way, in a way that mm. means something to me now. I'm kind of trying to recreate something from the past and it and it tends to ha- be a weight on my shoulders rather than a, a real, you know, nice connection to something that, that I felt or that I still feel. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to ask you about is a little more personal is, you you basically, you got married and you went straight into isolation. So first of all, congratulations to my bro for, for make, taking the big step. But I want to know how that's doing. Is that like a, a great gift to be able to spend time together straight away like that? Or has it also been a bit challenging?
1: Bro, it's, it's, it's a blessing in many respects. It's also a challenge in many respects. And I say this particularly from the perspective of trying to be empathetic of my wife you know like she you know she's from new zealand so she was living in auckland prior to us getting married when we got married she moved over here and we then spent a week and then we went on a honeymoon came back and then the lockdown ha- Well, was she actually got to go work for maybe a week a week and a half and then the lockdown happened and you know that's got to be really hard i mean firstly from the standpoint of like okay one getting married is a big thing I don't care who you are right like that's a big change but secondly to to shift your whole life to a new place and then you're starting to get your ground you're starting to get an understanding of how things work you're trying to come up with you know new routines and settling into a new environment and then boom, your freedom's taken from you like you can't do any of that you know like it's it's been tough you know it's been tough from the standpoint of. You know, like we, we, we haven't been able to do normal couple things, you know, like what you would do when you're, 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 you know, you're newly married and stuff, you know, like going out to see things or, you know, hanging out with your other married mates shit or, like you know, like doing all that. We haven't been able to do any of that, you know, um, at the same time, you know, we're, we're taking advantage of the moments we do get to spend together. And, you know, planning for what we can look forward to once this situation, you know, um, is alleviated. One thing that we do remind ourselves is that, you know, this is not a normal situation. Mm. You know, like we remind ourselves regularly that, you know, we're in a situation that is very unfortunate globally. And that this is not, you know, normal. This is not, this is temporary. This, this is temporary and we're going to be out of this, you know, in due time. And, you know, we can kind of get into our, what the into a rhythm of what the rest of our life may look and feel like post this. So we, we try to remind ourselves of that um, as well, because it's hard to get into a rhythm when, you know, everything's at home, the whole family, so, you know, we moved in with family. So the whole family's around and, and all that sort of stuff. So we're just planning what we want in the immediate future, what we want in the short term and long term. And then, Kind of, you know, visualizing that, and then when we're in a position to be able to execute on that, we will. But yeah, it's it's it it's been positive in that you know we're learning a lot about each other, and you know we're we're getting stronger as a as a as a couple, and and you know like there's no. There's the 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 learning curve has been immediate, and that's you know we're we're taking that as a blessing. Um, but the challenge is that yeah we acknowledge that this is not normal and we haven't been able to do normal couple things um normal married couple things uh but you know we will in due time
0: yeah sounds like you got it as under control as you possibly can have it bro
1: bro trying (laughs) my best
0: It's always learning, man, more and more learning every day. Me and my lady in this tiny spot that we're really lucky to have. But, you know, in each other's space 24 sevens, it's a real thing. And I'm always touring, you know, so this is the longest we've spent together in the same space, you know, without interruption. So it's been awesome. It's been amazing. And it's also been like, oh, you do that little quirky thing that I never noticed before. <laughs> oh, you never, you know, you don't close the fridge straight after taking something out of it. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you start you start noticing everything that you didn't think of before. Wow. And uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty mad to get to know each other that deeply and practice patience and practice just observing things, not being in the story, just going, oh, I noticed that I'm getting annoyed by this thing you know rather than it's your fault and it's your this and it's your that and that's pretty pretty powerful i think i hope you know and and i want to send love and strength out to people out there especially women that are in negative relationships you know abusive relationships at this time that are stuck in a house with somebody that doesn't treat them right and i hope that there's there's a way out that there's strength that there's an ability to to see the that it's possible to remove yourself from those situations or, or even a way to heal those situations. And I hope that there's some change for those people as well, because that's devastating for me to read those stories and to see how that's affected people at home and how these relationships have become more violent as time goes on. And at the same time, I also am, am really happy to hear that many people are finding that their relationships are deepening and that their connections are deepening with their children, spending time with their children has become more powerful because they don't have to go to work every day. Um, that some people are really finding this time super nourishing and that maybe what was happening before isn't really that important, that, that it's possible to to work from home you know, permanently if people can or to go to work one or two days a week and have this nourishing time with their families and how much more important that is all these things that we're learning just by, by having some freedoms taken away. It's quite interesting to see how some people are kind of getting better. And some leaders are emerging from this difficult time. Some people are bucked at home and, and they're putting content out in the world that they never thought of before. And all of a sudden we're meeting these new people that are kind of rising from the ashes, I guess, that are, that are stepping up going, fuck, we need to do something about this shit. And I know you and I made a song a while ago with the brother Farid, Farid, called Leaders. And just as one last question, I wanted to ask you, in these times, what do you think makes a leader?
1: Yeah, man, it's a great question. And it's something that, you know, I constantly reflect on, especially when you watch the news and you watch the response by leaders globally. You know, I think one thing that one characteristic um, that I think is really important in a leader that I think I would love to see so much more of in this day and age is compassion. Compassion and, and empathy, you know, I suppose those words could potentially be interchangeable there, but, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing unprecedented, you know, global issues, you know, global challenges with, you know, coronavirus, with you know, climate change, uh, you know, um, global warming with, you know, a lot of hate fuel violence, um, you know, white supremacy rear in its head, um, you know, terrorism on all spectrums. Like, these are some really big issues that are impacting people um, around the world, you know, and, you know, I think a leader, we need leaders who are empathetic and compassionate to be able to to ensure that one, they're capable of listening to people, listening to people and listening to those who are particularly, um, you know, not voiceless, but um, who are ignored because, you know, there are so many perspectives that I think we need to globally, collectively, um, even locally acknowledge appreciate and respect and learn from so you know the ability to be able to listen is is listening to to listen is a very um essential thing to be able to be essential part of being a compassionate or empathetic leader you know to be able to listen i think that's really important to listen with no agenda no pre- preconceived notions with no um you know like okay I, i'm gonna listen just so i could tick the box to say that i did that you know and then act in a way that was counter to what i just heard you know so I think to be able to listen is really important. Um, and then to be able to 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 have the courage to be able to, to to lead from that space, to be humble enough to be able to lead from that space, to recognize that, okay, well, you know we need to to respond in ways that are necessary in our times um, with respect to you know um, this this information that we're receiving from all different parts. And to be able to make the decisions that are are going to be most uh, positively impactful on those around us, you know? And I think that characteristic of being compassionate, being empathetic is something that we can all take on board, you know, that we can all reflect on and incorporate in our lives, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, within our family or friendship circles, but even within our local community. And, you know, we see moments of that in Australia, you know, we see moments of that, you know, especially in local communities, for example, when the bushfires happened this past season, you know, I've traveled out to, um, you know, uh, different communities that were impacted by by bushfires, like not even too far from here, like 45 minutes to an hour from here from where I live, you know, past uh, Bago, Camden, you know, out that way. And, you know, just seeing... Um, you know, how the community of, you know, Barry Morrill led and supported each other. And it was a very compassionate led response, you know, like ev- no one was left behind, you know, and the community made sure that everybody was being supported, that there was something there for everybody. And, you know, that they were doing their best. And they weren't waiting for counselors, mayors, um, politicians, ministers. They weren't waiting for anybody for for support. They were moving themselves. And, um you know, that was, and then, you know, I saw, you know, some leaders, political leaders come out to that community and, you know, do that thing of tick in a box listening, but not really, you know, do much, mm-hmm. um, you know, it reminds so, me you know, of that, that, that poetry moment that that across did. Australia, where people are compassionate. They, they lead from that space because they have to Australia is a very, um, you know, can be a very together country, in moments of, and it's unfortunate it takes moments of disaster for us to see that. Mm. But, you know, I think we need to show that same attitude, those same values across the board, especially with regards to first nations communities um, so that we can move from a space of togetherness, a space of healing, a space of understanding and a space of, you know, um, community. Mm. So, you know, looking back at that song, we made, well though that song still rank, you know, uh, resonates with yeah, so man. many true Yeah, and, um, it, re- it
0: reminds me of that gig that we did, um, that I did that you came to at Campbelltown Arts Centre and there was that um, mm. politician that came to the beginning of it to open the event and welcome people to the event. And she was like, oh, I've always loved poetry. Poetry has been something that has always stayed with me ever since high school when we would read, you know, these famous poets and it always affected me brilliantly and I just can't wait to hear everybody's poetry this evening and connect with you all. And, and it's good to see that poetry is rising up again and having a, a renaissance and blah, 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 blah. And, and before the poetry slam even started, her and her husband just left, <laughs> just, just walked out like before it even before it even happened like this yeah, i fully right. believe the speech like the speech was awesome i was like i've never heard a politician talk about poetry in that way before i was really i was like wow she really means that and it was like nope <laughs> it was it's exactly the the non listening you know the lip service conversation that's like and yeah, that song that we wrote I think it it remains true to form and it and it you know we captured something, and I'm really proud of it um but you know the the process for this podcast is to have an interview with somebody and then for to respond with a with a rap verse or a or a poem or something that goes on the end of the of the podcast so now i'm gonna i'm gonna have to um create something in the next couple of days before we post this project up online for people to listen to on this coming Saturday um so are there any are there any requests any words I need to include
1: well I think you got to include leaders in there for sure all right I mean that was just a dope conversation and I think um the word matang. For mm. the phrase mother tongue, you know, we spoke about language quite a bit, I think that was quite deep and quite poignant, you know. Mm. Um, and I really resonated with with what you were saying in that conversation that we had. So, I think man, if you include those two, bro, uh, all you know, right, you will tick my boxes, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I'm here for, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Madness. All right, my brother, so much. Thanks so much for the conversation, my man. You, uh, you have a good rest of your day. And uh, yeah, man, I'll hit you up. I'll send you what I've written. And, and yeah, man, we'll see. we'll see which boxes get ticked.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Much love, my brother. Thank you man. so much for
0: having me, man. Anytime, my bro. Take care. I'm one of those other ones, born under the southern sun, blood from the lands of the Spartan drum. Just another one, talking with a punctured lung. Trying to speak his mother tongue. I'm an other one, born under the southern sun, blood from the lands of the Spartan drum. Just another one, talking with a punctured lung. Trying to speak his mother tongue. I hardly wanna face it. Man, I learned all the basics. Traveled up and down her whole place. Performed on her stages. Learned words that were ageless. Wrestled her grammatics. Tussled on her pages. Felizetta podia this prayed in spaces, she deemed to be sacred, sips of café were taken, in the midst of conversation with broken phrases, each one a destination, if I could just get it fluent it would feel like an oasis, or a return I can taste it, a poet without words, but great frustration, still my tongue won't say shit, so I talked to my homie about a homeostasis, I guess we got mosaics, shards of glass smashed by the Τα first migrations. Φίλησε το στόμα τη. I kissed the lips. To show her where my pain lives. Φίλησε τα μάτια τη. She said you would never be erased by the great displacement. Ό,τι χάσαμε. Όλα που ξεχάσαμε. Αυτό που πετάξαμε. Θα παραλάβουμε. Αντέξω, προλάβουμε. Θα κάνω ό,τι κάνω, man. Ό,τι θέλαμε. Αυτό που κυνηγήσαμε. Hola, Me Me i I'm one of those other ones Born under the southern sun Blood from the lands of the Spartan drum Just another one Talking with a punctured lung Trying to speak his mother tongue I'm an other one Born under the southern sun Blood from the lands of the Spartan drum Just another one Talking with a punctured lung Trying to speak his mother tongue